welcome back to those who are uh, just tuning in. I mean, have been listening from 8.30. We welcome to all of you who are uh, just tuning in on 95.9 FM HD2 and WOL um, 1450 AM. And wherever else in the world you're listening, because I get calls from all over the country and the world sometimes. Uh, so welcome to everyone. We have a great program for you today. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, in December, I try to focus on nonprofits that are doing really good things in our communities and and highlight those who may not have the marketing budgets of, you know, big nonprofits, you know, American Cancer Society, St. Jude. They do wonderful work, but there's a lot of other organizations in our community that do great things. About two weeks ago, I had uh, two organizations that treat and deal with young ladies, girls, mentoring organizations. And so I was reaching out to some organizations that take care of our young men. And I'd been hearing about, and I was really pleased to be able to get into the studio today, two Washingtonians who are the uh, primary persons at two wonderful organizations, the Ron Brown College Preparatory School for Boys and the Bishop T. Walker School for Boys as well. So I want to welcome to the studio Mr. Woody. Welcome. Pleasure to be here. Thank yes. you. Yes, and uh, tell me a little bit about which school you're with and, and uh, what your position is. I am the president of the Bishop John T. Walker School for Boys, and we are just celebrating our 10th anniversary this year. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, so we serve boys in, in, at the elementary school level, primarily in Ward 7 and 8 here in D.C., and we oh. have about 20% of our boys who live in Prince George's County. Okay, very good. And I also have Mr. Kosey here. Is that, am I pronouncing your name yes. right? I'm sorry. Okay. And tell me about you. What's your organization and who do you serve? Yes. Um, so I am the Director of Culture and Empowerment at Ron Brown College Preparatory High School in Northeast D.C. We're located in the Dingwood community in the old Ron Brown, old Roper Middle School building. Okay. Um, this is our second year. Um, so oh, you're about, brand new. Bless brand your heart. New. Yeah, brand very new. good. I like um, that. We're a public school, so we're not chartered. Oh, okay. Um, so All we're right. public school first. Uh, all-male public school in D.C., mm -hmm. um, high school level. So right now we have ninth and 10th graders. Our first, uh, we will continue to add ninth graders each year until we're full to capacity. Okay. Um, so we will have our first graduating class June 12, 2020. Okay, um, so each year you're adding the adding next next grade. Yes. Very good. Yep. So right now we have, like I said, about 200, 210 students. Most of our students That's are. That's a good size. All of our students are, are black and Latino. Okay. Um, and so that's that is the population. The population that you yes. serve. Yep. You know, I I'm a big proponent of single sex education. I went to St. Mary's Academy in in the French quarters of New Orleans and my brother went to St. Augustine High School, which is an all boys school in New Orleans as well. Um, and it was just good, I think. I mean, because I didn't go to a co-ed school anyway, you know, but I think it's good <laughs> to have children separated you know, during certain periods of their life, because you can concentrate better, mm -hmm. especially when you're teenagers, <laughs> you know? I mean, it, that's just reality. And we still had, like, what they used to call, I'm, tell, I'm telling my age now, socials, mm -hmm. where, mm -hmm. you know, girls and boys would get together and you'd have, you know, your little parties. And of course, they were heavily chaperoned because we were with nuns, you know, but uh, but it was big fun. It was big fun. Yeah. And, and it really helped us to concentrate. So let me start with you, Mr. Woody. You 
take care of younger children? What ages? Tell me. That's right. We're in elementary school. We uh, start at kindergarten, and so we're serving oh. boys in kindergarten through sixth grade. Okay. Uh, and just to clarify also, we are a private school, uh, and so we're okay. kind of an odd duck in that we're a private school that doesn't charge tuition. Mm-hmm. So we are a... Well, that is different. Well... <laughs> <laughs> I never even heard of one like that. Okay. I wish I would have known it's, you when I'm, my kids were well, getting raised, it, okay? It's, it's <laughs> part of our, our desire is to level the playing field because we we have a great deal of respect for the public schools and the public charter schools, but at the same time wanted to provide an option for those boys whose families may want to go to a private school but just didn't have the resources to do it. So Mm -hmm. we are a tuition-free private school. So uh, we raise every dollar. We get no government support. Really? We raise every dollar. So y'all need some money. We need some money, big Okay, all right, my (laughs) listeners out there. I want you to keep in mind the Bishop T. Walker School for Boys. Is that right? That's right, Bishop John T. Walker School for Boys. Okay, Bishop Walker was the first African-American bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of Washington. So he passed away in 1989. He was an educator, a good friend of uh, Archbishop Desmond Tutu. And so we're trying to do something to honor uh, his legacy while serving uh, boys in this community who could use a a hand. Okay. So now, what makes your school different from public schools? Well, I I think there are a lot of similarities, but one of the things that we have the benefit of is we have very small classes. Our largest class is 16 students, and we have uh, up to two adults per class, and so we have uh, a really small student-teacher ratio, so we're able to do some experimental things. We've tried to create an environment that is specifically suited to how boys learn, so there's a lot of hands-on instruction. We do a lot of field trips. Y'all learn different? Well, we we do. (laughs) Y'all are different. I do know that. Okay. (laughs) And so we just want to create a space where boys can uh, be flexible in terms of, you know, we, we understand that they need to move around quite a bit. Yes, so we, thank we, God. We encourage that. We do recess twice a day, for example, for the good, little boys. And good, we, uh, we, we get them up and moving a lot. That's good. I remember uh, my first child is now a man, but he was mm-hmm. when he was born, my mother said to me, now look, baby, that is a boy. He has got to move around. You got to keep him busy. You know what I mean? And as he got older, it became really apparent. You had to keep him busy because they got so much energy. That's right. And so I don't understand these public schools or whatever school that doesn't have PE. I mean, I just, or no no movement yeah. it makes no sense what about you and ron brown what do you talk talk to me about how your classes are structured and what do you offer awesome so it's interesting at uh in ron brown because we're not though we're a public school we we're we're given a lot of autonomy with how we deliver our services essentially to our to our students okay like you said they're 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 all boys and so they have a oh yeah boys <laughs> are rough boy oh yeah <laughs> they have a specific need uh, uh-huh. you know the need to move around the need to uh, they is we're able to to tailor it to them um, mm-hmm. and so i think our largest class so our largest class size uh would be something probably like 22 23 and that's a pe class mm-hmm. oh okay uh, because, all right you, know, you can you can you can put them yeah around, right. Average class size is probably somewhere around eighteen, excellent, 18, nineteen maybe. Um, excellent on a stretch, but we are humanities based curriculum, and we. What does that mean? So there is a, a large focus on literature, on on excellent. reading, um, and not just any. We we are particular about uh, black literature, uh, black authors. They, Good. <laughs> we joke a lot, but it is a very. Um, culturally rich space. That's so um, needed. Uh, clearly, these are black and brown boys that we are serving 
And so we, we serve them with the intent of developing their um, cultural awareness of self. And so yes. we are yes. intentional with um, their exposure. We're intentional with who we bring in. But our space is very black Okay. And brown. <laughs> um, wrong with that. In the delivery of our that. curriculum and our in our um and our focus with uh, restorative justices uh and restorative practices. Um, what does that mean? Because you know, I I don't I mean I've heard it, mm -hmm. but I don't really understand what do you mean when you say restorative practices? Yes, ma'am. Um so the, the the short of it is essentially uh, we we are we are intentional with trying to um, interrupt the school to prison pipeline. Um, the school to prison pipeline. Yes, you're, you're interrupting that. Yes, on purpose. Thank God. Um, yeah. So we know that suspensions are not beneficial. They do not help uh, with instruction. They don't help with student development. Um, and so our goal is is to eliminate uh, and to at our best practices try not to suspend our students. Okay. Um, okay. So restorative justice usually looks like this. Uh, it, there's something done. Some egregious harm is done. Essentially. We, we instead of it being a punitive uh, response, we, we try to uh, respond with a more restorative focus. And so what that looks like is we'll sit in a circle, for instance, at Ron Brown, we, we circle up all the time. We'll sit in a circle um, with the person who's harmed, the people who did the harm, uh -huh. maybe parents, maybe support staff. Excellent. And we sit there and we just talk it out. And sometimes that conversation is short because the, the young man is mature enough to own it and say, I did it. I shouldn't have done it. Here's what it, and we'll assign oh, a task. Great. Sometimes it's long. Sometimes we will sit in there a day. Oh, you're not finished. We'll sit in there two days, you know. That is excellent. Yeah, so. We, I have in the studio two men who are, are, are creating a solution, I think, to some of those issues um, by what they're doing. I have Mr. Woody from the Bishop Walker School for Boys and also Mr. Kosey of the Round Brown uh, College Preparatory School for Boys. Both are right here in Washington, D.C. Both serve brown and black populations, uh, different age groups, which I find interesting. Um, and uh, I have to say an aside, both of these men are Washingtonians. <laughs> and I was telling them that, you know, I have noticed, because, you know, in my practice, I learn a lot about people. And, and I'm not from D.C., obviously. I'm, I'm a Texan. will always be a Texan, okay? But, but I've noticed that there is a very quiet but powerful group of Washingtonians that are very actively engaged in this city. They are usually under the radar. They're very quiet. They're very well educated. You know, they kind of do what they got to do. And, and they've been here a long time. You know, I, I, I met the mayor recently, and she's a fifth-generation Washingtonian. I was like, whoa, that's a, that's a lot of roots there. You know what I mean? But it's a lot of history also. So I just want to just give out props to Washingtonians because I, I think y'all are really a, a, a tremendous asset. You know, the city is not just about the people that come and go with the political fortunes of the city. It's also a community, a large community of people that have been working here for a long, long time. So, Mr. Kosi, you're dealing with high school students. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And, um, you gave me a few examples of how you 
handle, and maybe you can tell my audience a little bit more. I noticed in the literature that you start each day with a circle. Yes, ma'am. Tell me what that's about and Absolutely. why is that? Sure. So we, we believe in community. We practice and preach community very, very largely at uh, Ron Brown. It is at the crux of what we do. And so each day starts with community circle. Um, it essentially is everybody in the building except for the so all the staff students. and security. All okay. students, teachers, support staff, we're in the, uh, we gather in the auditorium. Um, and essentially, there are topics each month. Um, we break them really? down by week. Um, and we may discuss, or if something happens in the community, whatever needs to be addressed uh-huh. in the way of their development or in the way of, uh, of you know, just what's happening, current events, we talk about. So we we, we talked about, uh, we've been talking about code switching for the last maybe two, two and a half code, What is that? Code switching. So um, for them, what it is, is recognizing that, when I should be this way versus when I should be this way. You know, oh, how I that's act what it's called. Versus okay. how I act at school versus how I act on the job. You know, so okay. we're trying to get them, get them act, that's good. ready to, you know, like expressing different dynamics of themselves when it, when the time is appropriate. So we've been talking about that. Um, we have people come in, we we play videos, like it's, and we open up for discussion. We shout out um, when people have done well. Uh, the students in the out, students the students get to shout out their brothers shout out <clears throat> teachers so you know that's how our day starts okay every day every day that's every day. tremendous yep. you know years ago i went to school in the south in louisiana and it was all black you know all the schools were black and i can remember now that i think about it, we had assembly mm-hmm. you know it's called assembly but it wasn't like that it was usually the principal standing up giving a speech or something you know but you would at least see your 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 friends and so on if they weren't in class with you. I just remember when my sister was born. I wanted a sister so bad. And I just announced to everybody that I had a baby sister. <laughs> and you know, but it gave me a chance to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's interesting. Yep. That's very interesting. We, we have uh, morning meetings and this every is Mr. Class. Woody. Yes. Uh huh. And so what we do is we gather class by class, and on Fridays we have a, a community, community gathering. Okay. Where we all get together and kind of share out what's been happening this and week. We got little people. We got little people. So starting with the kindergartners, but it gives them an opportunity to stand in front of a group, yep. express themselves, really? kind of share good. what they've learned with their peers and with other students, and it's really a way to build leadership skills it, yeah. it gives okay. them a chance to this is what i Shine. learned this week and yeah. so that's yeah. been very powerful for us yeah. wow that's great there's a wonderful little video on facebook of this little boy trying to learn to tie a tie mm-hmm. have you all seen that <clears throat> it is just adorable he he might be he might be seven or eight years old, and he's got a big old tie, like a man's tie okay. on, and, and he's got the thing going around and so on, and, you know, they're trying to show him how to y'all do that thing, you know, and when he gets that thing done, the smile on his face mm-hmm. is just precious, yeah. you know, because you can tell he now feels like a big man, you know, and it's so important for our boys to do that, yeah. to see that. Our, our boys starting in third grade wear ties, and, and so third grade? We've, exper- really? we've experienced that a lot, so once they ah. learn how to tie a tie, it's it's a, it's a major milestone for them. It's a big deal, so yeah. Ours, ours are in suit and uh, in jacket and tie as well. Um, every day. Every day. Um, I love it. So, they they often some you know they they come without the skills so we, we try to teach them and they, or they'll teach each other but it's it's beautiful <clears throat> to see 
uh, a brother going up to another brother saying, yo, can you yo, fix my tie? I'm going to fix you my know, tie. Fix my I tie. like that. And when they make yeah. honor roll, they get bow ties. So All right. So that's a big deal. Yeah. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. <laughs> <That> <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah. That is wonderful. My kids went to boarding school uh, for high school. Mm. They went to Phillips Exeter in New Hampshire. And the boys had to wear <laughs> coat and tie every day. They hadn't figured out what the girls were supposed to wear yet. <laughs> but the boys had to wear a coat and tie every year, every day. And um, and it was that same kind of training. You know what I mean? It was that same kind of, you know, you are becoming a professional. This is how you're supposed to look and act when you grow up. And 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 so sometimes I think my son's more comfortable in a coat and tie. Mm. You know, he's just comfortable in it because that's what he's used to. Yep. And small classes. Talk to me about how does that work first with your children, uh, Mr. Woody? Yeah, at the Bishop Walker School, we understand that just because there's a group of students that are in, let's say, third grade, doesn't mean they're all operating on the same level. And so right. the, the small class gives us an opportunity to, to kind of give some individualized and small group instruction. So we have the opportunity to uh, pull a group of students out of class to get them some specialized uh, emphasis ah. on a particular thing that they may be struggling okay. with. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have those students that are really excelling in a particular area. So you want to give them the freedom to to learn and grow and develop at a pace that might be a little quicker than some of their other the peers. Other and so, so we really do try to do these small classes so that there can be an opportunity to tailor the program to, to the needs of each uh, individual student. And I understand that, that you know, in grammar school, I still call it grammar mm -hmm. school, okay. um, it's so important that those fundamental skills be done. You really have to know how to read and oh. you really have to know how to write because, you know, it, nothing else works if you don't have that. Well, and that's why we, we spend a lot of time and energy on literacy. It's, it's critically important because, as you've said, I mean, up to a certain point, you're learning to read. But around third grade or so, you're reading to learn. So it's important ah, that you have those, nice th those fundamental skills so that you can kind of take it you know, to the next level yeah. in terms of your own uh, knowledge. Yeah. What about you, Mr. Kosey? How, how, well, first, let me ask you, since your kids are coming in at ninth grade, yes, do you have to deal with a lot of remedial work? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So how do you handle that? Um, it's, so it's, it's definitely in the same, the same way. Uh, we, we don't have... We did not have uh, the luxury of uh, some of our kids didn't have a, a Bishop Walker, uh, you know, in elementary mm -hmm. or, or the same type of supports in um, their middle schools. And so we 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 see um, and, you know, just the statistics show like the, the young black boys are are behind in the way of like their their reading and in the way of math and performance. And so um, we, we we have that. That is our reality. Um, mm -hmm. And so our small. How do you deal with that? Sure. You... So we're, we're able to be creative. Um, with our curriculum, creative in the delivery, um, we are able to pull out as well um, mm -hmm. because of the small classes. We're able to pull out and um, directly work with a, a group of guys who need a little more intense support. Um, but also, like we just have, we have a, a phenomenal staff of instructors who are are so passionate about what they do and the, the way they infuse, um, you know, uh, Malcolm X a bi a biography, autobiography with current uh you know rap artists uh, mm -hmm. it's just the way the way they make it culturally relevant that's um, great and so you know seeing students rush to class to to want to talk about um 
you know, Shakespeare. So we had like last year, for instance, the guys were were playing out Shakespeare in class. Oh, Romeo, so and Ju- cool. Romeo and Juliet, though. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. So the way the way Miss Miss G Shalette, uh, Shalette Petit, the way she worked that thing out, man, they wanted to be in there and they wanted to they wanted to they wanted to read Shakespeare. It, How made interesting! It culturally relevant while it still was rigorous. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're pushing them in. Like you said, uh, there are different levels, and so you got to you know diversify your lesson planning and, and, and differentiate and all these things. But they are they are growing. Our park scores at the end of the year. The park is the uh, the little test, uh, the standardized testing for reading. Um, okay. Yes. Our park scores at the end of the year for uh, ninth grade academy were like the second highest of all the ninth grade academies oh, wow. schools in, in, um, in D.C. Oh, that's fantastic. So our, our guys Repeat have, that again, because sure. I want people to know about that. So they come in on, I think, reading at an average of like, the average was like fourth, fifth grade. They were they were behind. Really? They were and behind. they're coming in in ninth grade. Yeah. And they're reading, reading at four, fourth and fifth grade. Behind, sure. Yeah, okay. Um, but at the by the end of the year, last year, that was our first year, our, our, our guys had um, performed so well that they had scored the second highest overall in park scores in the city for ninth grade. From up so ninth you all were ninth, like the yeah. second in the city, yeah. and so you were able to bring them from four year, four grades behind up to second Essentially in on, the whole city. on their level. Yeah. That is fantastic. Right around their level. Yep. That, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. And that's, that's the work of the, the work of the instructors, the work of, uh, you know, Dr. Uh, Dr. Benjamin Williams and, and the leadership team and how they've allowed it to happen. So, wow. Um, that creativity is That's just very key. purposeful. Yeah. You have to very be. Very intentional. Though. You have to be. Yeah. yeah. And I would imagine teaching there would be very exciting. It's 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 a work. It's challenging, it's right? <laughs> you know, teachers already wear like 20 hats. <laughs> yes. But then, yes. you know, but then like you're also if you're if you're a, a woman, you're your mom or auntie, you you yeah. wiping their nose, you're you bringing yeah. them snacks, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm dad. I'm dad. I'm yeah. I'm uncle. I'm big brother. Right. You know? So it's right. it's an amazing it's an amazing experience though. That's fantastic. It's an amazing experience. That's fantastic. Yeah. Congratulations, yeah. really and truly. That's fantastic. So uh, my audience, I want y'all to remember mm-hmm. this. And when you writing those checks out at the end of the year, mm-hmm. they didn't ask me to do this, but I'm <laughs> saying it, okay? <laughs> remember the Ron Brown School for Boys and the Bishop Walker School for Boys as well because they're doing some really good work. And, and the more money they have, the more children they can service. Yeah. Uh, and you're in a neighborhood where you, re- both of you, are in neighborhoods that need this kind of support yeah. and educational opportunities. That is wonderful. That really is. I, I really want to congratulate you all. Um, we have Mr. Woody of the Bishop Walker School for Boys and Mr. Cosey of the Ron Brown College Preparatory School for Boys. Uh, on the air. We're talking about their educational programs and how they work with boys, primarily black and brown boys, and the, the kind of curriculum and the kinds of support systems that they offer. Um, is there a, uh, it seems like there's a caller on the air. Okay, just a minute. Uh, okay. Uh, I have opened the, uh, the, the studio line. If you have questions for either of these Gentlemen, you can call in to 1-800-450-7876, 1-800-450-7876. While we're uh, waiting for the caller, um, during the break, uh, Mr. Kosey, we were talking about how, and, and Mr. Woody, talking about how the school provides 
not just strictly book learning mm -hmm. for these young boys, but also more. Uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about how or what that involves. Why don't you start, Mr. Kosi, and then Mr. Woody. Sure. So one, in the way of experiential learning, so we make sure like our students get exposure. So um, we do a college tour every month. Um, we have oh, opportunities for uh, people to come in and, and, and teach them. We send them away during the summer. We had a kid in Guatemala for free. We had a kid do some camp. It's crazy, things like that. In the, in the way of social-emotional support, though, we have a specialized team of professionals, our, our care team, a culture and restorative efforts team, so it's our school psychologists, uh, social workers, the two professional school counselors, myself, and one of our wraparound um, care specialists. And anything that's not instruction falls under care team duty. So that could be... Such as? Sure. So that could be, I, I haven't eaten and there's no food in the house and we, 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 ah. we come in and fill up your, your, your refrigerator. It could be, I can't get to school, we coming to get you. It could That's be, uh, I ain't never had a birthday party. We threw a party for one of the kids. So we literally, however we can show up for you in a way that helps to develop you, not 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 just as a student, but as a whole person, mm -hmm. that is the function of us. So it is very organic. It, it, it fluctuates. Whatever we need to be, we mm -hmm. become. So that, that is fantastic. Yeah. We need to support this, ladies and gentlemen. We really do. So I really want you to, to, to open your pocketbooks and your wills and stuff to, to support this. Put our money where our mouth is. I understand that there's a caller, on the line. Hello. Can Hello. You hear me? Hello. Okay, there you are. Thank you very much. Thank you. I, <laughs> I still don't know all this stuff that needs to go. Okay. <laughs> Who am I talking to, please? Good morning. Welcome. Good morning. This is Donna from Silver Spring. Oh, and attorney, Donna. Yeah, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> and Attorney Mitchell, can you uh, explain to us how we can give to these institutions by will or using a trust? Oh, sure. Sure, definitely. When you are preparing your legal documents, whoever is preparing them, uh, and if you come to me, I'll be sure to do it. And there are other lawyers like Attorney Sachs, who's on the phone, and other lawyers that do wills, trust, and estate plans. All you'd have to tell the lawyer is that I want to include a donation to Ron Brown School or the Bishop Walker School, any institution that you want to support. And that gift can be in any number of ways. It can be either name them in your life insurance policy. That's one of the easiest things to do. You can just say, I'm giving 50% of my life insurance policy too, and then you name the organization. You can say in your will, I want to leave my house to the bishop school or whatever. When I talk to pastors, because a lot of people leave homes to churches, they say they would prefer that there be an instruction to sell the house and give the money to the, the church or to the school because it's easier to sell directly in an estate or in a trust or something like that, and then the money goes into the, the, the coffers of the, the organization that you're trying to help. You can say in your will or your trust that you want a percentage, or, or let's take the simpler one. I want to give $10,000 out of my account or out of my estate to a particular school or organization. I want to give $50,000. The best place, actually, to give money from is retirement accounts. 
a lot of people have these big 401ks, IRAs, and so on like that. And the reason why that's such a good place to give, and all that is, is on your beneficiary designation, I include, you know, the Ron Brown School or the, you know, the Bishop Walker School or Sister Mentors or whatever as a beneficiary, and it's usually wise to do it in a percentage 10%, 20%, or whatever. And that way you don't have to worry about how much is left over. But one of the reasons why that's a particularly good place to give from is because you all are both nonprofits. And so Uncle Sam's not going to take any taxes out of the money. Let's say you have a $200,000 uh, uh, 401k, and you say, when I die, now, you know, this is after they did, okay, but, but when I die, I want to give 50% of that 401k to the Ron Brown School, and I want to give the other 50% to my children or whatever. The amount of money that goes to your children, because the 401k is pre-tax, Uncle Sam hasn't gotten his taxes out that money. When they get it, it's going, even whatever way, if they roll it over or whatever, as they, it's paid out to them, taxes have to be taken at some point, okay? It might be by them paying the taxes or whatever. If, however, the same amount of money is given to the Ron Brown School or to the Bishop Walker School or Sister Mentors or whatever, a nonprofit organization, the full amount goes directly to the nonprofit organization. Okay, so we try to encourage people who have charitable intentions to give from their their 401ks because it's straight up out. You see what I mean? If you have a highly appreciated asset, for example, maybe you bought, you know, Amazon when it was ten dollars. I don't know if it was ever ten dollars, <laughs> but you know, whatever, you know. <laughs> and now it's five hundred. You know, well, normally when you sell that to give it to somebody, you, you got to pay capital gains on that. Okay. If, however, you give that stock to a nonprofit, there's no capital gains on, on the appreciation and value. Same thing with homes. A lot of people bought homes around here. They paid 20000 if that much, for the home. And now the home is worth, you know, four, five, six hundred thousand dollars $600,000. Again, there's no capital gains on that if you're giving to a nonprofit. And then, of course, there are more sophisticated, you know, structures where you can do, you know, charitable lead trust, charitable annuity trust, and so on like that. That's, I think, beyond this, the scope of the... the um, the, the discussion right now. But Donna, can you think of other things? Because Donna Sachs I, is a lawyer too, okay? <laughs> I, I, think, I think you've covered all the ones I can think of at okay. this point. It's really, it's really quite easy, you know, if people just think about it and then make sure to have your lawyer do it, okay? Because a lot of lawyers are just used to, you know, everything to your husband and your children, you know, and if you want to do anything else, they're like, they don't want to deal with it, you know? But but come to me. I would I love giving money to nonprofits. I really, you know, encouraging people to do that. I had a school teacher who wanted her money to go to African-centered, educated organizations, you know, like schools. And so when she died and we sold her house, we had like $400,000. And so we, we searched for schools like that, and we found four, I think it was, and we gave money like she wanted. And it was a tremendous help to the school. Mm. So you see, you don't have to be, she was not a millionaire. I mean, that was money after we sold the house that we were giving out so that, that it 
really helped the schools that got it, but you know, she was not a wealthy person, but she gave what she gave was really tremendously helpful. So I really want to encourage people in your giving when you're doing your wills and your trust. If you are, you don't have to be a college graduate. You don't have to belong to the Episcopal Church. You don't have to be in the neighborhood. If you like what these people are doing, then support it financially. I mean, every dime is a help. It really is. And uh, I'm really trying to encourage people and organizations like yours to create endowments because that's where you have so much money that you don't touch it. You just live off of the income of it, you see. And I have had one client who's going to give so much to her church that I went to the church and said, you need to create an endowment. And then when this money comes in, that money will be yours in perpetuity. You're just going to live, you're just going to get the income from it. You see what I mean? And that's how Harvard and Yale and all these big schools, Phillips Exeter, where my kids went to, I mean, they may have a million dollars for every kid because over generations, people have given money. And that money never gets paid out. It just keeps reinvesting and reinvesting. And only the income from that money is what's used to run the school, you see. And so that's where I want to see our institutions get to. Yeah. That's where I'd love to see each of your schools have a good size endowment. And if you can get, hey, look, think about it. If you could get three people to leave you a house in this area, or five, that's at least 200 grand each. Okay, that's a million bucks right there. And that's 100,000 each year just from the income. And you know, when you got money, you can always get money. Yeah. Okay, so, so that's, I mean, that, that, that's my goal, is to get our institution so well funded that we don't have to be dependent on grants or dependent on the government <coughs> or dependent on the largest of other people. That's where I really want to see us get to. So, anyway, not supposed to be preaching and all like that. But thank <laughs> you, Mary. <laughs> but that's really, I mean, we're, we, are, we are, as a society, we have gotten to the place where we can do these things. We will do them differently, you know, because we'll do it in our own way. Just like you men are creating institutions that fit us. We have to create our institutions. We, we, we don't have large numbers of millionaires, maybe. We got some, though, sure. okay? But not everybody needs to be dependent on Oprah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like everybody's going to Oprah for everything. But if you can get 10 people with $100,000, that's still a million bucks. You know, or like the, I understand the Museum for uh, African American History and Culture, they have 100,000 people who have placed $25 a year. Now think about that. That's $2.5 million every year. So if you get that kind of you know, investment in your schools, you've got a budget that you can work with and you can expand with and you can plan on and you can build out and, and bring in all kinds of programs and stuff like that. So you know, that's what I'm trying to encourage people to do. Thank you so much, Don. Is there anything else you wanted to, to add? Well, one thing that happened after my father passed away, I had put in the obituary and in lieu of flowers, please contribute to the Bishop Walker School. Mm -hmm. So I got a call from the school who wanted to know, the school wanted to know 
where all this money was coming from. Oh. And I'd, for- I'd forgotten to tell the school. You forgot to tell the school, right? Yeah. <laughs> but oh, that's again, great. that's... That's, That's another, another way. That's a really good way. Yeah, because when my mother died, I did that. In lieu of flowers, I asked people to give money to sister mentors here in D.C. and in the Sisters Network, which deals, which helps African-American women with cancer. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and I understand they did get some donations. Mm-hmm. So going forward, that's something else my audience can think of when somebody dies. And in lieu of flowers, you can designate somebody uh, or some organization to receive donations. Thank you very much for calling in, Thank Donna. you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So um, I, this is, good Lord, the time has gone so quickly. We only have nine more minutes left, so I'm going to ask each of you what uh, you would like my listeners to take away. And and I, I also am going to put in a plug that says I will come to your churches, your organizations, your fraternities, your PTAs or whatever, and explain and do presentations for people on wills, trust, estate planning, and how to give. You know, what are simple but very effective ways of giving us because I'm really dedicated to creating strong financial foundations for organizations that do the kind of work that you do in our community. So let me start with you, Mr. Woody. What what would you like my audience to take away, please? One of the things I think it's important, Attorney Mitchell, to understand is that the boys that we serve, African-American boys in our case, they're rich with talent and potential. Uh, a lot of times in the media, we see the, the negatives, the, mm-hmm. the deficits that they supposedly have. But we try to expose our students to the range of things that this community has to offer. And in addition to the academic support and the social emotional supports, we're really big on the arts also. So okay. we uh, expose our boys to music and art. We have two boys that were just awarded scholarships at the uh, Washington Ballet because I got tired of seeing them moonwalking down the hallway and I wanted to try and figure out a way to, <laughs> to, to channel some of that into a way that they could get some professional training. And so, yeah. and so that's the kind of thing that we want to make sure that everybody understands that the richness of the talent and the potential in our students and students throughout this community is huge. We mm-hmm. just need to make sure that we uh, kind of shake off some of the stereotypes and, and realize that anything that any other student can do, our boys can do. And so our job is to push and challenge and nudge them in a nurturing and loving environment that gives them the opportunity to develop the, the confidence that must precede the competence that they will ultimately gain. And so that's that's what this is about. Uh, we, we love our students. And that's that's mm-hmm. a foundational piece that I think is critically important. A lot of times in schools, we don't talk about love. We, yeah. we talk about reading, writing, and arithmetic. But unless... Yeah. In our case, a boy feels that that love and support and nurture from the adults in his life, uh, the odds are stacked against him. So Mm -hmm. I just want people to know that that rich potential exists and we're there trying to do everything we can to uphold that and support it and encourage our boys to do great things. Great. Very good. And Mr. Kosi, please. Ron Brown. Mine is almost echoing in the same way. Um, we, We have, again, maybe 200 some students, all male. Our building is probably 85% male staffed, um, and all they ever hear about is how much we love them. Mm-hmm. That is it. And, when, and then when, when we're at them because they aren't doing what they should do, and when they're doing, when we're celebrating them for doing more than what they should do, they hear, "We love you." Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the reality is, um, underserved in a lot of ways, they they don't always hear it. They don't always yeah. see it. They don't always feel it. 
Mm-hmm. So we are we are intentional in making sure in the exposure we give them and the support we give them that we we love y'all and, mm-hmm. and we do what we do because we love you. Mm-hmm. We're only good at what we do because we love you. Um, they are a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people. They're beautiful. Their minds are beautiful. Um, they like 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 you said, they're they're talented and they're rich with so much. Um, and they just need people to love them. That's mm-hmm. it. The need uh, <laughs> I hear a lot that teenagers don't need as much as 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 elementary school. Oh yeah, that's they, a lie. Worse. The needs the needs change and yeah. they become more needy. Yeah. Oh my God, they, they are do. needy, they but because they're confused, you know. Yeah. But there's not a day I don't wake up running uh, to get to work because it's not work. It is home. It's home for a lot of them. Like mm-hmm. they don't they don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. They hugging each other. They dabbing each other. They're saying they love us. Um, mm-hmm. We we are intentional with that. And so again. Academically, yes, we're rigorous, and, and but that social emotional piece to develop whole people to restore them back to greatness they don't even know they didn't know existed because mm-hmm. um, they don't see it. It's not <clears throat> everywhere. We are intentional to make sure, and so that is the work of Ron Brown. That is the work that we do, um, loving these loving these kings back to their kingship. You know what I, I'm going to put a plug in for. I would love to see, and I think I think one one who is it that takes people to Egypt? Um, Browder, Mr. Browder has been doing that for years. I would love to see you take your boys to Egypt. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is nothing as impressive as a thirty foot tall granite black yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is. I went to Egypt in 2002, and I said, oh, my God, I have to bring my children to see this. It is awesome. It is, I mean, the pyramid is the largest structure on Earth. Mm. There's nothing like it anywhere else in the world. Yeah. I mean, the Sphinx is awesome, you know. The 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 temple of Hatshepsut looks like a modern building. I mean, it looks like a 20th century building. Yeah. It is just an amazing thing to see in stone yeah. the greatness of yeah. black people yep. and trust me those were black people they were mm-hmm. not the arabs sure. who are there now and you know the europeans have been trying to make it look like it is <laughs> sure. but it's not when you look at those noses and you look at the pictures that they painted themselves in the tombs those were black people yeah. mm-hmm. no question yeah. about it and so i think it's important for when in your educating to include that piece sure as well yeah. so that they know they can be great they can be great builders they can be great contractors they can make tons of money you know what i mean they can be as great and as massively they already they, are yeah they just but, gotta they just gotta get there you know to yeah. recognize and as you're but saying yeah they, are, they really you know, need to recognize that budweiser years ago had a wonderful series of posters I remember those. that you remember those yeah. and i had i had the males on my 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 son's wall and I had the females on my daughter's walls and I used to give them to schools I used to buy them in packets and Mm. then give them to schools you know and and the kids were always like really excited to see that and I can't find them anymore but but if you see if you can find them because those kind of images you know cement in their minds that yeah I can be great that's right and that's what you're about it really is so I want to thank you both Thank you for coming in to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. Um, 
It's going to be uh, uh, the holiday season right now. Christmas is weird because it's on a Monday, you know, so <laughs> we've got to go through the whole week before <laughs> Christmas is here. But um, I really want to thank you all for coming. Thank and you. thank you it's for all pleasure. that you do, yeah. really and truly. Thank yeah. you for all that you do. And, oh, we forgot to give out your phone numbers and your email addresses. Um Mr. Woody, give the phone number of the school and the website real quick. 202-678-1515, 202-678-1515, and the bishopwalkerschool.org.